Hello and welcome to a sassy little podcast for getting over it. I'm your host, Sandra Ann Miller. Today we're talking about getting the F over climate change and stop treating our planet like some shitty ex. Our guest is a comedian, writer, producer, and advocate. She works with Equality Now and served as host of the environmentally aware docuseries, The New American Road Trip. She was a finalist on Last Comic Standing and can be found on the high seas performing on carnival cruises when we aren't in the middle of a pandemic. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the lovely J.C. Cocoli. Hey! Hello! <laughs> that was wonderful! <laughs> that was so wonderful. You have such a beautiful, sweet voice. Oh, you're a charmer. You're a charmer. You're a charmer. <laughs> so how have you been? How have I been? Well, you know, you know me behind the scenes, so I'm doing great. I have been, this week was rough. Like this week was a, re, a really like challenging emotional week and for so many reasons. Um, and I would love to be like, I'm great. But like there's days when I am great and I really value those days. And then there's days where I'm like, this is really hard. Mm -hmm. The the zooms are really hard and the vi the video conferences and it's just like i feel like my computer doesn't want to be a part of any of this and i feel like i buy a new computer every three years because it just heats up in the middle of my conversations and then like freezes and then like 10 people are like your audio is bad or your internet is bad and i'm like i was not born for this this is not what i was made for I think we're at the point where, one, the gremlins are totally taking over. Right. They exist, and they are really causing havoc in all aspects of our online lives. And we didn't realize how long this marathon was going to run. Yeah. And we're exhausted, and we yeah. keep wanting it to, like, where is the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. So I'm, I think we're all kind of on that same page. Yeah, and they keep saying, they're like, you know, I, I've now convinced like it's April 2021 at minimum and at minimum. And I'm, I'm like, well, I, I just, I guess what I don't understand is like my computer is in great. I'm just going to bring it back to my computer. It's sure. in great shape. I just don't get why it can't, it can't like hang in there for a zoom call. It might be the battery. That's, right. that's the Where thing. Where do I get a new battery? Well, you would get it from the Apple store. But they're not alive right now. They right. are, I, I can't find one. And then if you want to go to somebody else, it's an arm and a leg mm. and that's fine. But I trust the Apple folks. So I'm hoping that yeah, one too. of them somewhere along the line will just open up to take pity on the people that need a battery because I do as okay. well. Okay. Um, but so I'm just going to hope it's battery. Um, and that's what it is because like, I don't want to spend another... 1800 on another laptop. I just got this three years ago. I mine so, is five years old, and it's at that point where I got the battery warning. And I'm like, that's great, except I don't even get a battery, battery warning, they don't even it, warn me. I'm, if I have if to you're guess. getting hot and if it feels swollen, then then that's what it is. And it's, okay. it's a pretty simple, simple fix, but you know, this just becomes a tech therapy call for me. Well, <laughs> and, and meltdown, <laughs> but, but that's where we're at. I know you're when right, technology lets us down. You know, that that's really it, our BFF right now. It must be so inundated too. Like just every satellite has everyone in the world on it at the same exact time. Well, and we have half the world on fire and yeah. we have half, half the, the world, world being on, you know, blown away. Right. So weather, which brings us to our subject today. 
Sure does. And whether you believe in global warming or climate change or whatever, we'll set that aside so we can talk about how we can start treating our planet better and with a bit more love and respect because it's our only home. And newsflash, the earth doesn't need humans, but humans sure as shit need Mother Earth. Yeah. True fact. Holy cow. I'm not necessarily doing this caring about the planet for me. It would be great if certain elements of the world where I travel aren't in complete dire straits because of the planet. But I'm doing it for kids I don't even have. Exactly. I'm not a mom. I'm not a mom. There are certain things that just set me the fuck off. One of those is when I come across people sitting in their car on a very hot day, idling with their kid in the car. And I'm like, well, you realize that the life expectancy of this planet is shorter than the life expectancy of your kid at this point. So maybe don't. It's really difficult to unlearn what everyone learned um, in the beginning. And, you know, people spend a lot of time believing and seeing that the earth replenishes itself when you plant a plant and the plant dies and then it comes back again next spring. People see that and they think, well, it's capable of doing that on the much bigger scale. We don't need to worry about the planet. It's been fine before us. It was not fine. It was fine before us. It is not fine now because of us. Exactly. I'm just going to say that, you know, coming from a steel town and a coal city and, you know, Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania and West Virginia being a coal like town, they were raised to make money and feed their families off of the fossil fuel industry. So of course they're going to be anti making that go away. Of course they don't know anything else. They they don't want to, and especially since we're sitting here talking about how terrible technology is, they don't want to go into technology. (laughs) They don't want to pivot and go through the terrors that I'm going through on a daily basis. But we we have to we have to remove ourselves from but It's small changes, but it's also like one big swoop of the big five, the Shell, the Exxon, the BP, the mobile, and like all the pipelines that break and the oil just gets drenched into the world. And what is that oil for? Does anyone ask that question? That oil, and then people will say the same, gas, cars, everything. I mean, it's, it's life. And it's like- Money. Yeah, for sure money. But money, like that's another thing. It's like money is- it was created to create a system. The original, there's a great documentary that's on PBS, one of my favorite <laughs> networks of all time, because they just do it right. The uh, history of money and how, you know, it, we bartered for so long and then money was created out of like mercury that was making pennies. And then the system just became this, this is how we can track things. And this is how we can like track the way that human beings begin to use work and receive reward. And, you know, now Jeff Bezos is like the first ever $300 billionaire in the world. One person has $300 billion. Helped by the pandemic. Three, yeah, by the pandemic. Which is insane. Right. $300 billion. Because what people don't understand about money, and this is why I like, I, you've got to follow the money in, in every way. But what people don't understand about money is the origin of money. You learn where money came from. You'll learn that only a certain amount gets printed and accounted for a year. 
-hmm. And that's to keep tabs. That's your bookkeeping. So when one person has all of the money Mm -hmm. printed from that year, what's everyone else going to do? And that's where capitalism kind of comes in. People are like, well, I mean, he earned it. He earned it. Sure. But we, we didn't, a hundred years ago, we didn't think that one person would own all of it. But usually if one person had that much, everybody related to that business benefited and the employees at the lowest level of Amazon are not benefiting. No, of course not. And so, so it's, it's not this whole trickle down theory. Yeah. Never, it never, you know, there's a big clog somewhere down the road where it doesn't reach the people it needs to reach. Yeah. Which is psychotic because if I would, if that happened and my accountant called me and said, you're the first ever $300 billion person on planet earth, I would go, let me fix everything. Let me, let me, let me take a breath. And what, how are my minimum wage people doing? How are they doing? Because if I'm the first ever, they must be doing great. And then I would have my accountant check and then they would not be great. And then I'd be like, do me a favor, take all of that and just disperse it amongst my company. I I think I would, unless I'm crazy. Well, you pay a living wage. You make changes. The ads that are on TV right now are that Amazon will be zero emission in 20 years. 20 years will be dead. You've, You've got enough money to make that happen today year. Yeah, today. exactly. So and I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I don't know who he is as a person. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm saying his business model is not something we should be so reliant upon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my, you know, the thing is, it's just, it comes down to now there's this in grained fear of going out to public to buy something, right? So you get it sent to you. I'm, I am 100% guilty of this. I am now getting a new puppy because I am going to become a puppy mother and I have gotten everything for her delivered. And I, the packaging, thank goodness, Chewy.com does a great job. It's all cardboard and recycled paper. It is not, but they're still wrapped in plastic and certain elements. Right. But like, I look at packaging in a different way and I always have. You and I have talked about this casually. I don't need you to package and repackage and replastic my vegetables at a grocery store. Those bags, those silly, stupid bags that like society has taught everyone that we need. Your vegetables do not need to go into another packaging before you take them home. You wash them anyway. Right. You wash them anyway. So just throw them right in your basket. And now people will be like, but coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus. No, you're going to want it washes away. Well, first, we owe a huge apology to hippies. No. Because they were right about everything from pollution to organics to money to just about everything else. If we had just listened and taken a little bit more of what they were saying seriously, I think we'd be in a much different position. Prior to the virus, I had, you know, taken plastics out of my life. I had my canvas shopping bags and my my cotton produce bags. Because, you know, if you're gathering a bunch of stuff, it's easier to put it in something. All of that is washable. All of that is sanitizable. 
oh, that's good. And yes, you wash your produce before you eat it. Hello. How many times do we have to get E. coli to learn that? Mm-hmm. But now we can't bring that in. So we are bringing home more plastics because it's easier for me to put all the apples in a green plastic bag and put it into my cart. And, you know, and then you get a paper bag. So now it's like I'm seeing all of this waste come in because of the pandemic. And it's there are times where it's just overwhelming. And that's just a, a one trip once a week to Whole Foods equals at a minimum six paper bags because they have to double bag it. Yeah, that whole thing is just flawed. It's been flawed for ages. And there's <sighs> nothing there's there's nothing that's going to make human beings understand right now, especially, you know, plastic gloves and the masks that you're seeing like on the street because people are just dumping them. Waste management is one of the most corrupt businesses aside from oil and stock market. It is a researchable thing. And I think a lot of people don't really think about waste management because why would you? It's your trash. It's right. You just hope that those nice guys and ladies are just doing their job. No, no, no. It's, it is a monopoly of mafia. And, you know, I'm going to probably go missing in a couple of years <laughs> because I keep saying this to people, but like you follow the money. There is money in waste. There is money in keeping big piles of trash available to like steam and cook. And what people need to understand about trash is we were blindly throwing things in the trash, mm-hmm. food, plastic, and paper. <clears throat> All those things cannot go together. They create methane. Mm-hmm. In heat. So it needs to be separated. Now, what what human being wants to separate? That's exhausting. That's stupid. It's really simple. I have a bucket outside of my house and all of my food, scraps, waste, eggshells, not meat, not cooked meat, all of that goes in the bucket. And then once a week, I take that bucket to a bigger trash can that's in my yard and I throw it in there. And then I grab wi- uh, twigs, leaves, all the dried stuff that's in California, and I throw it in there because that masks not just the scent, but it helps combine the fuel so it begins to decompose naturally. And that decomposition naturally allows for it to do its course without going into a landfill, which creates more methane. That process is this simple task. Then you take your bottles glass and paper, like any paper products that you want to recycle that can be broken down into an actual site, put that in your recycling bin. That it's really, if at the minimum, that's the most simplest way of doing it. And then people are like, well, what do I do? I wash everything after it's done. So if I'm unwrapping salmon and I use the salmon, I wash that plastic off and then I put that plastic into the recycle. I don't put it straight in. Well, you're not supposed to. You have to clean stuff. Yes. Because it has bacteria in it. And people just are like, they cannot be bothered to do it. I sound angry because I am. Well, but it is a huge, a huge part of the problem is just being lazy. And it's not just that we're lazy. It's that we're tired. We have so much to do, even now, even with people working from home, parents are having to be teachers and you're around each other all the time. There is no break, but we have to shift that. It's, it, this is our home. I mean, you do clean your home, I hope. Yeah. I mean, then again, I'm, I kind of spend 
Sunday mornings watching hoarders, but you know, it's hopefully you are. And if we take a look at the planet as being our great big home, Mm -hmm. maybe we can do a little zhuzhing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's very simple to do the small tasks for yourself and stay accountable. Then you're going to find people that go, well, what is my minimal footprint going to do when big oil is the real reason we have all this? And they're right in a way. What could my small footprint do? But it's a trickle down effect. Once you start to learn, and I'll use cleaning on Sundays as an example. When you look at how much plastic packaging is in there for your cleaning products that you use for your bathroom and your kitchen, when that eight ounce or 16 ounce spray bottle goes, what do you do? You pitch it and then you buy another plastic eight ounce. There's not a system that's created to just refill that bottle. People can't wrap their head around a refill. Well, but even the refill comes in a plastic. Well, the thing is, you don't don't need to, you just need, and there's, there's systems set up in this wonderful woman who's a refillery LA. She'll come to your house and refill your products for you using the same plastic bottles that you do. People can't think like that yet. Some are where I get my reef. I use all of my Dr. Bronner's and I just Mm -hmm. refill it up with more Dr. Bronner's. Right. It's good for dishwashing. It's good for shampoo and conditioner. It's good for cleaning the house. Good for laundry. I just get them refilled. And that system alone takes my plastic footprint down. And it's not, I'm not end all be all. It's just this the idea of more of it going into the recycling bin when I don't need to be doing it is wild. So my refilling of my water, I use glass jugs. I take those glass jugs to the rainbow, which is in Ojai, and I fill them up. I get three gallons of, of fresh osmosis water for $1.50, three gallons, two jugs. And I bring those jugs home. And yeah, guys, it's hard to carry. It's heavy. But I, as soon as I plop them down, I'm good for about three weeks of water. And that system that I've created is because I'm not holier than thou. I just like have woken up to the consumerism, the Amazonism, the buy, buy, buy. And it's too much. It's too much to be doing to a planet that needs us to dial back. Right. And why would we dial back when it's so convenient? Well, because the landfills are filling up with food and plastic and paper. And sometimes you even said it like people will throw their like shoes they don't want in the trash. Well, in the recycling bin, they treat it like it's a Goodwill. It's like, that's not how recycling works. And once you contaminate the recycling, Mm -hmm. it becomes trash. So all of that stuff that you think is going to be, you know, repurposed or recycled is ending up in a landfill. And that's because no one's researching what is actually recyclable. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, you, you mentioned the hippies back in the day, like save our planet, save our planet, but who's going to listen to like naked people on LSD? I mean, except for like government agencies that are doing mind control, but that's a conspiracy (laughs) theory. And I just, I just am, I'm flabbergasted by why we can't tackle this big oil. Why can't we, why aren't they speaking at news conferences? You know what I mean? Well, I think it it can be. It can feel overwhelming. And I, like I said, I try to do what I can and I'm far from perfect. I don't go the length that you go with the glass um, bottles, 
to the rainbow and have a rainbow here and get the osmosis water. I did, you know, stop with plastic bottles. I have the reusable camelbacks and a glass thing. I mean, I have like an array, depending on my mood and where I'm going, I have all sorts of delightful little water bottle options. And then I have a zero water filter. And while yes, that is plastic. And yes, the filter is plastic. It's much less than what I was bringing home for bottled water to put into my water crock to have, you know, palatable water that doesn't taste like a swimming pool. (laughs) And so that's one change. I was a Starbucks addict. I purchased the reusable, you know, travelers. So I have one for hot. I have one for cold. But by the way, you can use the hot one for cold. Just save yourself a few bucks. And you get your, or well, you did get your 10 cents off. So eventually it would pay for itself. But at least I was taking that out, especially when I was at my peak of two a day. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's those sort of choices. When you have like food delivered, all of that is plastic coming into your house. So much styrofoam too. So much styrofoam. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like, you don't need to put, when I order sushi, you can put it all in one heap. I'm fine. (laughs) Like you don't need, I don't need five different styrofoam cases for my meals. There has to be a better way than that. There is, well, there's compostable options. Yeah, that aren't, boxes. So we were working toward that before the pandemic happened. But it's just these smaller choices. The kind of car you drive. I'm not in a position to afford a hybrid or electric yet. But that's my next car. Mm-hmm. So I, I chose a Fiat. Because mm-hmm. it got good gas nice. mileage and it's small. Mm-hmm. It's basically a Vespa with doors, but I love it. So it's those choices, the simple choices of I'm going to make my own food. Just put forth that little bit of effort and not something from the freezer, like just from scratch. It's pretty easy. It's kind of fun. It's less trash. Choose your, you know, choose something, whether it's mm-hmm. having a traveler or no plastic bottles or whatever is reusable, bring your own silverware to the office so you don't mm-hmm. use the plastic forks. Mm-hmm. All of those little things really do add up. Oh my God, let's just say paper towels, right? Mm-hmm. So when everything just kind of shut down and you couldn't get paper towels, miraculously, and yes, I do use them, I'm sorry, not as much as I used to, and I always got the recycled third sheet kind of, you know, I, I made it as as environmentally friendly as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, by the way, people need to realize, and sorry to interrupt, but Uh like, if you are like thirsty as can be and you need to get a plastic bottle water, that's okay. Calm down. Of course. It's not, you're not destroying the planet. I know who is. I got my (laughs) eye on them like you wouldn't believe. It's not casual people of the world just trying to get their thirst quenched. But learning how to take yourself out of the matrix is going to really give you a lot of power and you're going to start to see things. So Right. Well, but to something as silly as paper towels, they were already third sheets. Mm-hmm. I would tear them off into the smallest Me too. for that need. I so, use same paper towel I've had for five months, this roll. <laughs> yes, I just, that's exactly it. <laughs> I just use it. Like I really use it. And that's yes. what people need to learn is to how to actually fully get the use out of the things they already have. Well, and I have cloth napkins. So then I realized, well, I'm not really, you know, 
entertaining here. Mm-hmm. So those became <laughs> my <laughs> I know. <laughs> so those became like my paper towels. And using those instead of just grabbing off the roll. It's just habit. It's just how we were we're raised, what is convenient, what we think is sanitary, and just making different choices in a few areas really does make a bigger impact, whether it's the car you drive or what you buy. Mm-hmm. It's all it's all really political because you, you're really starting to vote there with what you will invest in, what you will tolerate. And that speaks to every company that you buy from. And that is kind of watching your consumerism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Consumerism. Oh my goodness. Great documentaries out about how much we buy and how blindly we buy. Really Mm -hmm. great ones. I mean, you know, the hard part about, and I have, you know, bless their hearts. I have like a few friends that are deep in, um, different avenues of democracy right now far you know right left far right far left i'm actually friends with all of them which is scary um because i've learned to you know when i say friends i'm not like we're not hanging out every day i just am cordial enough to hear their side i do not have any super far right you know gun wielding come on my property you'll get murdered people cuz that's to me is like calm down. You don't need to be that way. That's not defend my land. Calm down. We need to be focusing on child trafficking and sex trafficking. That's the biggest, I think, issue the whole world needs to be a part of. That to me is where the real icky, icky, icky parts are. As far as keeping the climate intact so we can balance, let's just use a couple of examples that are going on right now. Keep it current. Hurricane Laura that's happening. And barreling through. They always name them women because they love doing that to us. So <laughs> just kidding. They don't always, but that's a moderate joke. Um, Hurricane Laura barreling through winds, high rains. This happens usually September and October. It's now happening in August. People will right. sort of go, is this, is this a problem? The fires that are happening in California, the lightning that's happening in California, not, not usual. Right. Greenland lost billions of ice that now has added meters of water to the ocean. Yes. I bring it back to one of the best movies of all time that did nothing at the box office, Waterworld starring Kevin Costner. It should have have received an Academy Award. It was the most prolific film when it comes to life when water has risen and taken over the land. The water in the world is already at 70%. The planet is 100%. Land is 30%. Ocean is 70%. If the ice continues to melt and add more water, you're going to see 80% water and 20% land. That's more population on less property. It's like not rocket science. We have to balance. If you don't believe it, if you don't believe ice sheets are melting, you're not paying attention to anything. Right. Because it's hot out there. You have, it's since El Nino. Like, years ago. It's hot. There are Christmases that are literally tropical for places in Pennsylvania now. They haven't received snow. That's not okay. Right. It's not okay. You need to have this balance of weather. And, you know, people talk about weather in this way where it's just like, it knows what it's doing. It knows what it's doing. It didn't have us to fight 
back then. It used to know what it was doing, but now we have so much industrial motivation going on in the world that it can't compete against gases that get trapped in the atmosphere. When they're trapped and they can't be released, that heat stays. You know about your apartment, how it's on a hot day with no air conditioning, that heat will stay up in your ceiling and it will stay there until you release it somehow. It needs to be released. And the one thing that people fight about is, well, I'm not going to get rid of my car. I'm not going to this. Fine. Well, meet me in a different direction then. Let's talk about the landfills because they're trapping heat as well. I need you to balance it. There's farmers right now that are learning how to use specific um, soil in their farms that can trap heat and then diffuse it. That innovation is there. If you don't want to stop eating cow meat all the time because cow farms are huge methane releasers, if you don't want to, start thinking of different ways to trap heat then. You can do it at home. I do it at home. I trap the heat and I bring it down. And I'm not perfect at all of it, but I'm good enough to say like, I think my house is in pretty great shape because I'm learning how to create a system to bring the heat down so I can keep my property cool. And that's what the world needs is just to keep the property cool. We need to cool it down. And don't you want Arizona? Don't you want to be cooled down a bit, Arizona? Your temperatures are hitting like 2000 degrees in certain parts of your canyon. That's not cool. Literally. 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 That's not cool. Like the, certain areas are like 2000 in their valleys. And, I'm, and, and people will be like, that's how it's been for ages. That is not how it's been for ages. And you have no trees. You got to plant trees. That's why I say, to, I say to a lot of people, like, stop using Google. Stop using Google. Use ecosia.org. Ecosia, E-C-O-S-I-A.org. It is a phenomenal device to get your information from. And every time you research something, they plant a tree. Wow. And those trees are responsible for taking all that, that those gases that are heated out of the atmosphere. And you can see where they're put, they're planting them. They have a map and everything, ecosia.org. So when people are like, I just ecosia'd something, I'm like, thank you. You've learned how to replace your dialogue from Google. Google does nothing but track your information and sell it to a third party. Right. And it's, it's real, it's real facts. And if you plant, like people that plant trees are, are literally in real time saving us. It's nuts. Because those trees just will solve so much. The more trees, like Hollywood Boulevard has maybe like three palm trees that are not even indigenous to California. But palm trees do nothing for the environment, from what I understand. They don't, they don't, they're, they're not real. Clean the air. Yeah. They're not real. They're just like for show. They're a real pain in the ass when the fronds fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, the fronds fall or like, and become like a blow when something blows, any type of Santa Ana wind blows it all the way. Sorry, I just burped. <laughs> Take it's that okay. out. You're late. Take that out. <laughs> Is that relatable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I, there's so many interesting facts about it that people find like, they love traveling to parks. They love traveling, you know, especially now human beings are more than ever going to national parks because that's the best, safest space to go and see the world. If you can see how beautiful it is as is intact, you have to imagine a city like New York City 
having little elements of that national park. You know, one park for 50 million people in, I don't know how many people are in New York, but in New York City, not enough. Not enough to trap the emissions. More trees, baby, more trees. Like it just will solve so much. I agree. I agree. And, and we learned that. I mean, I grew up with the Lorax and Woodsy the Owl, Give a Hoot, Don't Pollute, and Iron Eyes Cody, the Native American canoeing through a litter-filled stream. And he wasn't a Native American, though. Just he wasn't? On this page. No, not in real life. He was a white man. Iron Eyes Cody? Yeah, they, they dressed him up as a Native American. Heartbreaking. I know. Holy shit. My whole life, my whole life is a lie. I know. But that, I mean, that goes to show you where we were at. We were using, you know, actors uh, to, to play people. We weren't giving them real positions. I know it's, it's, I'll, I know your whole world. Let me My make whole sure world just imploded in this moment right Iron now. Iron Eyes Cody in the canoe. It was very sad. Iron Eyes. He cried. Yeah. Cody, not. Native American question mark. <laughs> yeah, that is one of the many. Yeah. Italian American. Second generation Italian American. Jesus H. Christ. Sorry. This well, is what it, his parents' names were Francesca Salpiera and Antonio de Corti. Are you heartbroken? <laughs> I'm like seriously gonna have to go back to therapy. Well, no, because well, yes, I am on a multitude of levels. But like basically my entire life is a lie. Uh-huh. All right. Well, back to the fucking Lorax and Woodsy I mean, the Owl. What the Lorax was also an Italian American. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. Hairy enough to be. It's not yeah. funny. It's humiliating. It's, it's just humiliating. It's, it's just, but it is, but they do that's how the American marketing system worked. They still it's, they it's also how white ignorance works. And I'm just processing my white right. ignorance right, right at this moment. And it's painful and I'm grateful. <laughs> and now you have the education. I have the education. I have also a lot of swear words going on in my, yeah, ma- yeah, my yeah, mind right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's just when you're looking at making changes, and like I said before, being lazy is part of what is killing the planet. And, uh, and under education. Well, clearly, hello, I'm the poster <laughs> child right now. Um, <laughs> If you're making these changes, as small as they are, my theory is you are either saving money or burning calories. Mm. And both of those are kind of not bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you make these choices to use a French press or a mocha pot Mm -hmm. as opposed to a Keurig. Yeah, you and I hate Keurigs. Oh, my God. I hate them. And it's not like, sorry, Keurig, I know we're not going to get sponsored, but Nespresso too. Not even good coffee. It's not. It's super expensive and it's a huge amount of waste. And you're spending hundreds of dollars on something that Mm -hmm. breaks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. French press. Doesn't break unless you break it. Mm -hmm. And there's metal ones too. You don't have to use the glass. I like the glass. I know. Glass is great. I mean, listen, it... People have also become extraordinarily spoiled when it comes to their coffees and their um, desires for certain ways, which you should. I mean, this is a hard life. If something really pleases you in the morning and makes you feel like a better human being, do it. If you do all all the other things, but you just don't want to get away from a gas car, I get it. 
But there are options out there for you for the future. Like it just, the options are there. And just the, my plea to, uh, and I'll stick to specifically Americans, my plea is just to learn beyond what you think you know. We're not listening to the fact that in Kansas, their winds are so intense that we could be capitalizing on their wind. Kansas is not known for pretty much anything. Why not use a ton of wind turbines to generate electricity and give Kansas a consumable market? Give them something to fight for. Utilizing their wind, they're in the perfect wind pocket to have wind turbines everywhere to generate electricity on a grid. So all those people without power right now that have dealt with Hurricane Laura, that without power will not happen when you have wind turbines on their own grid. People don't realize this. Puerto Rico, they went through almost a full year, if not more, of no power because we don't rely on grids. We rely on this archaic system that we shouldn't be relying on. If you in Florida and Louisiana and Texas would wake up to the reality of, hey, I actually don't want to live without power every August, September, and October. How do we solve that? Hmm. Oh, we solve it by using wind as our power source. Wow. How crazy. But then you have to go and fight General Electric and Duquesne Light. And when people don't hold these companies accountable, you'll start to see, you know, litigation, 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 litigation. It's all litigation. It's meeting you in court, meeting you in court, and then basically taking people so much to court that they don't have money anymore. Right. So the only way to really get things done is to blast them on Twitter and publicly shame. And people laugh at the cancel culture. Sorry, honey, we don't have money like you and your dad do to go to court. So we are going to blast you like on Twitter and you're going to be accountable in real time. And that's why like the big elite, they tend to go, they just want to shame you and cancel you and all this cancel, cancel, cancel. We don't have the money to take you to court. You have the money to take us to court. So of course we're going to cancel you on Twitter because you have been gifted millions and billions of dollars from nothing being just handed down money. And now we're supposed to feel bad because we cancel you. But they earned that money. You know, we'll we'll go ahead and say they earned that money, but what they did not do is reinvest that money. It went into someone's pocket. So rather than reinvesting and looking toward the future and what was going to make this better for all, it just lined a pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the problem is, is the money, again, gets stopped rather than our infrastructure being fixed at all on any I level. that, you know, someone, and I use Donald Trump as an example for this because I'm not I'm not opposed to when families die giving their kids the next generation of money. I'm not opposed. But you didn't earn that. He didn't earn that, that millions of dollars he received from his parents. None of these children that receive money from their parents earned that. I didn't earn my grandpa's house when he passed away. I had to sell it. It was a little bit of work. I earned that amount. But I didn't earn that, but am I reinvesting it into society in a positive way? You better damn believe I am. But billions of dollars that you get from your dead parents that you just get, come on, that's not earning. 
it's not earning and there's supposed to be a tax on that. Yeah, but uh, no, I I, I let's totally see those hear receipts, Sandra. I, no, I know, I know. Let's I believe see those me. Tax I said there's supposed to be. But and and that's that's absolutely accurate. Most of us, we are doing the best with what money we have to make our lives more convenient, easier to tolerate, more likely to enjoy. And I'm right there. But there also has to be some responsibility, again, to our beautiful home, this planet, and how we engage with it and how we engage with other people and our responsibility to the future. You and I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. I'm looking toward the future for other children yeah, and hoping that they have a brighter future and easier life. And we're far from that right now, but most importantly, to have a livable planet because Mars isn't coming to our rescue. We are not no. putting up an Airbnb on the moon. Like that's just not going to happen. So why aren't we taking better care of this planet and really seeing it as a personal responsibility to the best of our ability and for another irritation, Paper plates, plastic cups. Oh, yeah, you hate it. Just do your fucking dishes, people, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little things like that, you know. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I'm an advocate of learning how to just keep five or six plates um, in rotation and go and learn to, like, when you fill up the sink water with your soap, you don't need to leave that water running. Just fill up your sink water, get your right. soap going, clean everything, drain that water, rinse everything off. It's like the system... Same with brushing teeth. It's like, oh, yes. Or shaving, waste. men shaving, just running that Modern water. I know, just to like, it's just, <sighs> it, but again, it, and it'll go back to these little minuscule things are just to reteach you habits. It's not what is causing the emissions on this planet. It does not mean that you should do nothing. It just means that now you need to relearn these resources so you can actually prepare to fight big oil and prepare to argue the fact of Exxon and mobile and all of these things that are just dumping more and more. Why do you think we are so reliant on, you know, car fueled vehicles? Electric cars were invented in early 1900s early. Right. They were the forefront and they got smushed by big oil. We don't need, we didn't need oil to be as big as we, we have it, but they, they smushed the idea and people smushed the idea for money, for profit, Correct. for jobs to provide, you know, Ford F-150, which takes so much gas, <laughs> the American made F-150. It's like, just plug that into a charger. You could still have your F-150. You just don't need it to have gas. But we now have that choice, and it's much more available on just about every level from minivan on mm -hmm. to have either a hybrid minivan. or an electric. Yeah. And it, so I'll go back to my premise of every purchase is political. You are voting for what you will tolerate every time you spend money. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You're voting for what you will tolerate every time. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, these ballots, they're not saying like pro this, pro that. They're starting to get better, but people have to like do the research. Yes. Each candidate. I mean, I I spend, you know, 
I spend a lot of time during the voting process and I go through each name. But again, I'm using Ecosia to look up their background and then I get distracted with something I have to do for work. So then I come back and I'm like, well, I learned enough about her and that's who I'll pick. But there's not a system set up for people to go page for page of what they're pro and con. And I really urge your listeners and listeners for the future to this, this year's election, please, please, please vote for as many people that Up are and down the ballot. Yes. Pro-environment as you can. And, you know, you're going to sit there and go, they're going to make money off of this. They're going to make money off of this. Everything is about money. But wouldn't you rather have some source of environmental hope in this ballot? Like, Donald might not be a bad guy, even though he has a lawsuit um, against him again. I mean, nonstop lawsuits against this man. By the way, first lawyer ever to have 27 lawyers. Like, can we just... Yeah, first president ever to have 27 lawyers. Sorry. 27 lawyers. If you have 20... If you have three lawyers, you're wrong in some way. Yes. 27 means... You're fighting a lot of battles consistently, but it just is. And by the way, I'm a registered Republican. I just want to be very clear about that for your listeners. And I have been my whole life registered Republican and have only voted majority of Democrat. <laughs> so I don't know why I am giving them hope, but I just, I, I think it's just a part of who I am. And I don't want someone to come in and continue to feed big oil and tell me that it's because he's keeping American jobs going. It's not what's happening. And everyone needs to kind of wake up a bit, but it's, it's exhausting. I mean, it goes back to how tired we are right now. You said it in the beginning, we are, they're weakening us in real time. Oh yes. And I do think there's a bigger society than just our political system. I think there's like I do think that Bezos has more power than the president of the United States right, right now. Um, he puts things into law, the president, but I do think that there is a bigger system going on. And it's, it, the power of the people is real. It is very, very, very real. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget or don't believe it. Well, we're, we're having the opportunity to see that with all the protests. Yeah. And it's... Aside from the violence bestowed upon the peaceful protesters, it's a beautiful thing to witness, and we're only able to witness it because of this pandemic. For the first time in American history, we have time. We have time to watch it. And, and it's, it. it's sad because the unemployment rate is so high, so, but we have that time, and we're able to go out and do what Europe has done and mm-hmm. what other countries have done when you know they all take to the streets of Paris or wherever. It's not that we don't care. It's that we didn't have that time. Now we do. And we're seeing that power and we're seeing it happen and we're seeing some change. It's going to be a long time before everything changes the way it needs to. Yeah. Whether it's it's being anti-racist or being pro-environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just so shocked to see you know, to to see people carry, you know, this, these kind of weapons into a casual world. It's like, this is not what was supposed to be your future, America. Your future was not supposed to be machine guns in your hand. I I know that you think it was, but it just- How could we have ever imagined 
2020 would be like this. I mean, oh, we would never. I mean, it's it's so sad. And you know, I I say it almost every podcast. I hope that this brings about a true change in our culture, in our perspective, in our awareness to say, hey, we actually do have a say in how our world works if we take that responsibility mm-hmm. and, and action and however we can mm-hmm. to the best of our ability all the time mm-hmm. and not just trust that somebody else is going to do the work for us. Somebody else is going to pick up that trash. Somebody else is going to vote. Somebody else is going to do the research. Yes, we're busy and we're overwhelmed and we're sad and frustrated and utterly pissed off, but we can fix it. All mm-hmm. hope is not lost yet. I mean, the, the, <clears throat> the, the truth of the matter when it comes to a planet and any of my friends at NASA will tell you this <laughs> is the, it will always be this. People will always have to fight for good and bad. And they're going to fight for the things they love. Right. So even the bad think they're fighting for the things they love. Of, right? of course. Their version of what is right is going to be skewed from our the good people's version. Good versus bad. I think we all, I think globally, which I, I, I hope, I hope we all can agree, like, hurting children is bad. Can we just agree with that across the board? Does everyone here in this meeting agree that hurting children is bad? And you're going to get some people that are like, yeah. And then you're going to get some people that are like, well, and then those wells are your problem. Those wells are your problem because that's, that's where the issues are just no across right. the board. No, because they're kids and they're babies and they know nothing and there's innocence. So if you're hurting them with fossil fuels, which we are, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that everyone that created fossil fuels had the intention of hurting children. But now that we know that this is, in the end, hurting children, can we just agree that we need to fix it a bit? We need to tweak it a bit. We need to save and preserve the planet that is here. We need to teach young children how to make their own food, how to grow food in the ground and use the resources we already have so they can provide for themselves if things get really sticky down the line. We need to learn how to preserve water. We need to really just learn how to do these things on our own and give ourselves the power as opposed to giving other people the power. I'm using a perfect example for plumbers. Plumbers are like the richest people in the entire world. (laughs) They are the richest people in the entire world because nobody wants to learn how to do plumbing. It is by far one of the easier things to learn. And I learned it over this like last six months where I was like, that's it this whole time. That was it. Just twist this knob, pull that hair wad out, put it back in. That's it. It is. That's it. It is not that intense to learn these individual crafts that we like stay away from because we're like, it's 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 icky. too busy. I'm just too busy. It's like, you're not too busy to learn these crafts. Once you learn them, you gain power. Once you gain power, you gain a voice. And I use plumbers for this very reason because they just like, they make so much money because it's icky. And that's our fault. We have to learn now and we have the time to learn each individual craft that will make your life better and make you a more survivable character in this world. And machine guns ain't it, hun? Like, learn bow and arrow. 
Why do you need a machine gun? It's so Ted Nugent, though. (laughs) Your fan base can follow me on Twitter for all of my anecdotes (laughs) when it comes to bow and arrows. (laughs) I just, I'm just a big advocate of like relearning what you thought you. Well, and and Gina Davis is like you know Olympic level archer. Mm. Ever since Beetlejuice, love Gina Davis. Love, love, love. Can't get enough. Amazing. Can't get enough. Lovely. Well, speaking of lovely, thank you so much for being here. Are there any final tips, advice, or anything else you want to give? Um, well, okay. So September's coming up. Um, well, we're recording this, we're recording this in August and the podcast will premiere in October. Okay. Well, I mean, not even to be necessarily like on a timeline, but fall and winter is coming. So I want people to be prepared for how the weather shifts at this time and be cognizant of, you know, really being aware that coronavirus for this year is going to be different in the winter than it is in the summer. So just be safe and smart about what you're doing for the next couple months to stay strong. You know, we have a little bit more to go with this. And even though I've hit like a depression wall, I go for a jog or a swim to get myself out of it. So voting is coming up um, for November. Um, We'll see where that goes. But even if things don't go the way you want, whether you're on either side of the, the grounds here, just Try and find a reason to be interested in planet Earth. Find what makes you super excited, whether it's, you know, freshwater waterfalls or forests or specific animals that are not that are rare that you would love to see and find that interest and really dive in. Because once you appreciate the planet, you'll start to really want to care for it. So find those things, go outside and play in the dirt, get dirty, learn about worms and composting and splitting your food up. Have so much fun because as dark and dismal as you and I have covered subjects, it is really wildly fascinating once you see like a plant that has like morphed and a bee is pollinating it and you're just like, whoa, and you don't need drugs to find the magic (laughs) in it just like, wow, this is really what is possible with the evolution of planet Earth. And you'll want to care. You will absolutely want to care. And, and that will excite you for the future. And hopefully you vote in the direction of people that are also like, whoa, when it comes to the planet, because it, that is worth it. And politicians are icky and scary. I agree with you. But there are so many like cool activists out there and scientists and nerds that just are like, man, this planet is so cool. Wouldn't it be great if we created more laws to protect it? And I do. I I think that that's what we need to be doing. And fishermen, I'm on your side. I understand that you want to open up different parts of the ocean to lobster fish and such, but you have to remember the regeneration. You have to let the planet regenerate. If you're going to go lobster diving in certain areas, you have to give it a pause so it can regenerate itself. It's just logic. It's logic. And it goes back to the overconsumption and the greed. You don't need to lobster dive all the ocean. You need to let some of it replenish. Well, remember when things were seasonal? Yeah, like tomatoes. That was so quaint when it was just like, oh, it's in season. It's like, I live in California. We have everything. I don't know what season it is because we have everything all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiled. Totally. Overconsumption. Overconsumption and spoiled. Avocados always in season here. 
Oh, can't love that, by the way. Oh, I'm so not complaining, but not complaining. Not but complaining. but there is probably an environmental impact because of that somewhere because of our love for avocado oh, toast and guac- guacamole. Totally. Um, but your listeners can find me on Twitter. Um, shoot me a message. Talk to me about things that you discovered, what you love about the planet, what you hate about the planet. Like I'm always around. It's at JC Coakley. That's J-C-C-O-C-C-O-L-I. And I have a wonderful website that keeps you intact of what I'm doing. Um, jccoakley.com. And um, I'm just, I'm really active and I love talking to people about what they're doing, what they're cooking, what they're growing, what they're, you know, what their questions they have about their gardens, questions they have about how to build something and, and maybe switch to solar or electric. I'm not mad at big oil. I want them to talk to me too. It's just, they're not, they're not the ones that are talking to us. We have to talk to them. Right. Um, so I also welcome anybody in the big oil industry. Shoot me a tweet. Talk to me about what's up with your world. Um, I'd love to befriend you. I'd love to walk around the factories with you and learn um, of your heartfelt stories and have a dialogue because I think that's going to be helpful to us in the future. I welcome it. You are lovely, my friend. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so proud of you. Oh, you're so sweet. You saved my life with your book many years ago. Sassy guide to getting over him, ladies and germs. You've got to get that book. If you have ever been through a breakout, break up. Or breakout. I have, I have a pimple right now. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. If you like this sassy little podcast, please subscribe to it, rate it, and review it, and tell your friends about it. To contribute to the podcast and help keep it ad-free, consider becoming a member of the community at sassylittlepodcast.com. Until next time, take care. Take care.